0: Gentlemen, a series of conversation between men for men to talk about taboo subjects like emotion, behavior, culture, and mental health, just to name a few, in hopes to encourage men to embrace their authentic self and reclaim their emotional being. So join me to bring back the gentle in men. Welcome to another chapter of The Gentleman with a special guest, a mentor and a friend. Hamad, welcome.
1: Thank you for having me. It's a really pleasure. I think it was this, uh, uh, this week that you called me and said, look, you're going to come <laughs> on the show. You know, I asked you, you know, what questions are you going to ask me? You said, look, I'm going to tell you what <laughs> questions I'm going to ask you, which is going to go with the flow. So Definitely. So hopefully... I don't get too emotional. Let's see how it
0: goes, I guess. It's going to be good, I'm sure. I love our chats. And um, to be honest, you're one of the people that is dear to my heart. To be honest, I'll give you that. Um, And I would like to get to know more about Hamad and the other side of the stories that I get to hear. So first of all, let's start off with you introducing yourself.
1: So um, I guess I'm a 90s kid the way. I like to call it the uh, the Nokia generation. Nokia generation, you know, champion yes. of Snake and uh, <laughs> owner of Sega Mega Drive and uh, Super Nintendo. Uh, addict of uh, Channel fifty five TV afternoon cartoons, okay. Captain Majid, and, and so forth. So yeah, so that's my kind of childhood. That's where I I was brought up, and I guess I guess I a very good childhood. Uh, uh, you know, my father kind of paid attention to kind of my education and so forth, and and I think really my life changed pretty young. Uh, it was around twelve. I got a new job at twelve, and the job was actually an IT guy, okay. family IT guy. You know, you know, you know that happens in the family. But One person is chosen. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Hamed, Remote control is not working. Come fix it. Okay, <laughs> and so forth. you know, you know the family. I think part of the reason was um, uh, uh, I got the internet. Okay, uh, when I was twelve, it was around nineteen ninety
0: six. But were you into that field, Asani? As I wasn't it.
1: into the field. I was a kid. You okay, know? I was I was happy living life, and then we got the internet. Okay, and then I started playing on the computer. Yes, before that, I had my bike. My biggest crowning achievement. <laughs> okay, uh, before twelve. Yeah, was taking my bike to fridge. With my with the gangster, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, neighbors, yeah, and we go to the cold store, the grocery shop, and get by myself, buy one chips, chips Amman, and one coke. That's my crowning achievement before twelve. Nice. after twelve, I changed. Uh, I was kind of this uh, guy on the computer, and what happened? I got the internet, and on the weekends, I would beg my father uh, to. Uh, To kind of take me to a computer software shop and I'd buy, you know, floppy disks at one point and then switch to CDs and so forth. And, and I got into Photoshop, uh, Photoshop was kind of new uh, paint shop pro and kind of doing designs online. Did you know that I owned at 13 or 14? I think I owned Hemet.com. Wow. And uh, Middle East dot net. I had. I was. I was into kind of domain collect. You know, collecting all the domains. Yeah, and so forth. yeah, yeah. Hustling
0: to, at a very young age, huh? Young age, young age. <laughs> because
1: you know I was an explorer, you know. Yeah. And yeah. my father told. My father came to me one day and he said, "What are these uh, credit card bills? <laughs> and, what is this?" I said, "I got hamed.com and he's looking at me. Hamid. I mean, like, who knows Hamid? We only know it here, you know. In America, they don't know how that going No, go get something better, and you know cancel this. I'm like, Dad, no, trust me, I'm the only one who owns it. I'm trying to explain to him. He didn't get it. So, anyway, so I mean, I owned yeah. it for a while. I'm
0: sure if he know. saw if he saw the price tag on it right <laughs> it now.
1: Was, well, I mean, the price tag on it, yeah. <laughs> but the monthly fee at that point was around thirty dollars, mm. or a bit less at that point in time. Now it's kind of, you know, you get for eight fifty or so forth. Yeah, so. So that's kind of one thing that changed my life. I became the IT guy, the guy okay. on the computer. Family would kind of send, uh, my cousins would come over, go hang out with Hamid so that you can, you know, so he can teach you about the computer. You can. Uh, I guess I went to a private school, 13 years of uh, uh, private American school in Bahrain. So my English was very good and my cousin's English, not as good as mine. And yeah. that for many of them. So they'd send their... Children, my cousins. Mm-hmm. I love them. I love your cousins. <laughs> and and they would kinda of come go hang out with him, so you can improve your English. Yeah. So that was kind of so, so the English tutor mm-hmm. and the and the IT guy. The so second thing you've was You've been
0: mentoring since a young age as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: was, yeah, definitely. Definitely. I was I was kind of there. I sometimes they had some course and I'd kinda of helped them. So yeah. definitely. That was something that I was that, that happened at twelve plus. The second thing is academically you know, before, before I was 12 years old, I was, uh, I was an average student. Average, kind of below average. Kind of just thinking about, you know, I want to get on my bike. I want to be a pilot when I grow up. You know, the kind of basics. After 12, academically, I changed. And part of the reason was my dad. And this is a story I tell my friends and a lot because it's something that affected me. And it was one time my father was sitting down after school and I came, apparently maybe he got a call from school. By the way need needs help in this or he's not doing well in this or he's a bit rowdy or noisy. I don't know what it was. Okay. But he sat down he's like Hamet bring your books. <laughs> you know, you know that doesn't sound good, right? True. So he brings my books and it was US history. US history, because it was US history class, American school, huh? Yeah. And he opened the book and he's reading, you know, and, and kind of kinda of trying to get it in my head. You know, I was thinking about the bike.
0: Hmm.
1: Where am I going to go? Hmm. I want to get on my computer, you know, things like that. I wasn't thinking and he was reading it and then he paused. And he asked me, Hamid. What is scurvy, scurvy? She knows scurvy. And I'm like, do you know what scurvy is? Do you know what scurvy is? I no 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 don't idea. Idea. <laughs> you know what didn't listen to what he said. <laughs> I don't know what scurvy is. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I'm like, scurvy <laughs> sure. He gave me the biggest slap in my face really it was a big slap okay okay. and he said i'm going to read it again (laughs) and then after you can tell me what scurvy is yeah (laughs) well until today until today i didn't forget what scurvy is (laughs) until today anyways the idea of this is he started getting more involved yeah yeah in kind of my life and kind of my education he would teach me physics and so forth and i switched and if you talk to my classmates they've always seen me as a, a guy who's an overachiever in school, mm-hmm. generally. And part of the reason was my dad and kind of... And maybe everybody has that ability in them. If you, if you force them, if they're scared, I was scared of my dad. Yeah. So maybe that was the reason that kind of made me overachieve or spend more time and so forth than that. So that's kind of the two things that... That, that was kind of a switch in my life. Okay. You know? okay. Uh, it kind of set me up for college. Set okay. me up kind of being that overachiever. And with that comes pressure, Hammond pressure of great expectations true hamad yeah my father would come to me and say hamad when are you going to invent something that was kind of the you know the startup of that time Mm -hmm. is invent something new think and invent something be creative yeah and there was that kind of pressure where everything i did uh even you know choosing college choosing my major in college was for the purpose of inventing something or okay. starting a company or doing something special that is non-average. And it was a pressure that was on top of my head.
0: Could I stop you for a second, mm-hmm. if you don't mind? Um, you mentioned about the overachievement and the fear. So more or less, um, we're talking about the negative reinforcement that was like, given on to you, that the, the, the uh, responsibilities and the obligations and uh, trying to prove, you know, like, um, to prove to your dad that uh, you're capable. Were you always having that mindset that um, I want to make my dad proud, putting him first and what he wanted um, from you more than what Hamad
1: wanted? That's all I knew. Okay. After 12. I mean, I discovered a few things about myself when I was older. Okay. But definitely uh, until today, I'll be honest that when I want to start something, I pass it by my dad, and part of the reason I pass it by my dad is because, is because maybe I got used to it. Okay. Number one, uh, maybe it was. It's just that, that that uh, I feel like you always feel like he knows something. Maybe that you don't know. Maybe he's gonna, you know, adjust something. Yeah. And actually, I got that realization later on, um, when I chose my college degree. Uh, I went into computer telecom engineering. And business uh, and it was at uh, an Ivy League school in America and when I chose that I chose it with a plan mm-hmm. my father came to me and we looked at a kind of a news post from the government of yeah that the mark the telecom market is going to be privatized or deregul- de- deregulated yeah and that was something that that we read about in 1999 and 2000 2001 is when I graduated so I went saying okay let me study computer telecom engineering because it's going to deregulate and maybe I can be involved in this kind of new phase of Bahrain's kind of technology kind of sector. So I went kind of with the aim that I'm expected to do something with this. Mm -hmm. So when I came back, I came back and I was in this mindset, almost a blind mindset, you know, I was confident because they kind of tooted my horn. All these years, you sure, know, sure. The, the guy they came to, the, the golden boy, and it's it's not a nice, it, it is a lot of pressure and it feels like I need to prove myself. Okay. Um, so
0: Just one second. Mm-hmm. Um, are you the only uh, male or the son in the I'm, family? I'm
1: the, I have a brother, he's young. He's okay. 14 years younger than me. So yes, I'm the oldest. Okay. Okay. Uh, and And I was the only son for a long time you know so so definitely a lot of expectations from the sun definitely the expectations (laughs) are on my head definitely (laughs) 100 and it's not a i mean i guess it was okay but um you know when i uh so going back to 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 kind of starting the company which is my first company i started it with no experience Mm -hmm. and i started it with this kind of i want to start a telecom company i came back and really college doesn't teach you how to start a company sure. or or kind of what to do, which equipments to buy, which people to hire and so forth. So yeah. everything was a learning experience, and I've made so many mistakes have it so many mistakes to the point where I calculated my costs in order to start a telecom company. Mm-hmm. It was around close to one million uh, BD and that's around what that's around 2.5 million dollars in order to start but so <laughs> So I needed that money, and I was like, okay, this is my plan, and I'm all excited. I go to my dad, the dad. Look, I need, right now, I need 500,000 BD just to get started and this and that. He looked at me, and maybe he changed it, I don't know, but he told me, Hannah, look, I'm going to give you, and not many people get an opportunity where their father kind of gives them cash to get started in what they want. So I appreciate that. He said, I'm going to give you one million meeting. And you decide what you want to do with it. You want to do your telecom company? Do it. You want to keep it for yourself? Keep it. You know, my suggestion is just go buy yourself a building, a small one, and then rent it and live your life. It's your choice. It's now, now, خلاص, I let it go. But he had I had been programmed so much to kind of, get to the point where I'm going to start something, invent something Yeah. that I took that money and I said, I'm going to put it into a new company, Mm -hmm. into a new telecom company. And once he gave it to me and there was a point I had only 30,000 dinar left in the bank from that entire amount, Yeah. all into the company. And I haven't gotten to the point of revenue yet because of a lot of mistakes. Mm And when you receive that money and you feel like that, you get this, uh, this kind of frog in your throat. And this feeling that, Hamid, wake up, what are you doing? Do you even know what you're doing?
0: Yeah.
1: I was 22, are you crazy? And it, The reality kind of sets in. Yeah. And you get this feeling that, that about, what am I going to do if, if nothing happens? Yeah. Am I gonna go to my dad and tell him, look, I've I've spent three years on this or two years or so forth, and what am I gonna? Should I just go get a job? And there were moments that I'd go to a I don't know, McDonald's or a or or a restaurant, and there were moments in my in, in during my kind of growth in the in, in my company where I'd go and I'd watch the waiters and they'd they'd be smiling, laughing, and enjoying life and And for moments, I wished I had their job. Can you imagine? Yeah. I'd look at them and say, you know, I'd be happy there, a simple life. Yeah. I can just go uh, uh, home, you know, just what I need. I don't need to deal with this because the weight is on my shoulders. True. I have employees and the weight of the employees and their likelihood is on my shoulders yeah
0: and you think about it, it's like is this that. worth it you know like, I guess the point is if my all this effort and time you know like sweat yeah and, and tears that you put True. into it is it worth it yeah
1: exactly and, and 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 it's problem after problem after problem that comes to you sometimes and because of part of the lack of experience part of it is obvious mistakes that i that in my second company i mean that company got i i i made it out and we got uh, we got revenues of it reached 1.5 million per month. So we, I got out of it. I don't know what it was, but it, it was thrown in the fire. So sometimes when an entrepreneur is thrown into the fire and you have nowhere to turn or nowhere to go, sometimes you do things you don't expect, True. I guess. And, and that is kind of the it's a pain, but it's 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 a journey. That Mohammed, I haven't shared this. Like these are things you do not share, you know, your failures, the, the feeling of, of having so much little money in yeah. the bank. Compa- yeah. Comparatively, 30,000 is a lot. Yeah. But 30,000 comparative to, to what I received and it, and, and my, my monthly kind of expenses were, were 20, 25, 30,000 billion per month at that time. So, so it's a kind of one-month runway at yeah. that point yeah. in time. It, it, it's like, okay, what am I going to do? And so forth. And that's why I have such I have such high respect for entrepreneurs, for business people, for people who say, I'm gonna go out and do something on my own. Yeah. And to the point where I'm walking in a mall, okay, with my family, and I see a restaurant. And the restaurant is so well designed. The menu is so nice, the, the waiters, waiters are dressed nicely, and it's empty. Yeah. And I look at it and I get this, I don't know, this depressed feeling for the owner of the restaurant. To the point I tell my family, let's go, let's go sit down there. As if me, that kind of one customer is gonna make a difference. I don't know. But it's, its of course, everybody feels that for people. But as a business owner, someone yeah. who's gone there alone and felt that, yeah, that's you com- have this- you share this
0: compassion and empathy, empathy towards other definitely entrepre- empathy entrepreneurs. Towards,
1: yeah. towards kind of uh, founders and, yeah. and, and, and what they go through. And a lot of kind of my mentorship, um, although I, I mentor on, on, uh, on kind of how to plan your product, the technical side, and, and how to hire, when to hire, when not to hire, and so forth, a lot of kind of um, founders also open up to their feelings, yeah. to me. And, you know, I'm not a kind of uh, mental coach or anything like that. Uh, but I understand. So sometimes when they're going through this hard time, sharing how I went through it, or, or telling them, you know, look, set it in stone, plan it, strategize, is the way to go. Yeah. Uh, generally. So, so having that empathy has helped me actually develop myself as a, as a mentor, as a consultant, as an advisor, uh, when discussing with kind of companies or people who want to build themselves up and so forth. So that's kind of, that's kind of the idea of how I got into this and so forth.
0: It's beautifully said, man. Beautifully said. Okay. Based on what you said, I would like to know more about... What if you had the choice? What would you change in the career path that, um, that you wanted, like personally, Hamad personally wanted to do if he had the choice?
1: Hmm. Well, I'll say one thing. The last four years of my life, I got the most satisfaction out of everything I did. And it was really being involved uh, with mentoring, uh, being a consultant to to technology companies and uh, uh, doing innovation consulting as well. Something that I love. And part of the reason I think stems from, it could be, now that I think of it, you know, when I was in, sorry to change the subject, but when I was in college, I took an entrepreneurship class. And the professor at the end um, gave me, uh, gave everyone in the class a statue, kind of like a trophy of a fish. Okay. And on it, our names were there. And it said, uh, look at the goal, look at the fish, but savor the journey. Okay.
0: And I, you know, I
1: got it. Great. I think I still have it at home. And I understood it in the recent years. Yeah. Yeah that really we are measured by you know the uh, the accomplishments the destination he made, yeah. he made this company and this is he sold this company and then he made this company isn't that he's a good guy but we're not really measured by that journey and, th- and that journey is what's close to me and what i really enjoy about my experience so i guess part of the reason was that was that maybe i missed that journey and i want to kind of relive that journey okay uh, with with kind of um, uh, helping startups, helping them on their journey, and sometimes when they're facing a downtime, sometimes I want to kind of show them what I did to kind of get out of it and what to do. So part of the, part of it, what would I be doing, and if I could go back, I don't know if I'd change uh, what I went through because it taught me what I really want. Yeah, made you but, who you are today. But what I want, yeah, is. Possibly another career choice would be a teacher. Okay, that's interesting. Or or uh, yeah, so a teacher would be something that. Possibly, if you know, maybe in a, in a different kind of situation, that that would be where I'd end up.
0: Beautiful. So more or less still in the same path of mentoring and impa- impacting people. Definitely. Nice. Definitely. Nice. nice. Ahmed, um, you went through a lot of ups and downs, you know, and people I think measure um or maybe let's let's rephrase that people might see you and be like you know what maybe Hamad is a person that was born with a like golden spoon in his mouth you know and i know for a fact that with great uh power comes great responsibilities because more or less the things that you worked on wasn't as small as maybe people on other levels might uh, consider in regarding to a startup that's worth this much. When you talked about a company that's worth a million, you know, that's not something like um, simple to fall or fail because the fail would be kind of, uh, it comes with a lot of costs as well. So, you know, we want to talk about, you know, the failures, the tough times and all that comes with the responsibilities that you had from your perspective to measure, uh, just to clear out that image that most people, you know, like uh, if they lose, they had nothing to lose, basically.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, there's kind of two, uh, two sides to that story, two kind of different arguments. Yeah. The first is, uh, you know, when I talk to startups, I don't encourage them to go open a company and fail fast. They need to strategize before they kind of go ahead, plan, make sure they know their customers and so forth. So what I did when I started my company, mm-hmm. I've made every mistake you can think of. It's uh, we're talking about uh, kind of not planning, not knowing who your customer is, not knowing if they're gonna use it, if, if, the, if it's what they're used to. So, so that's kind of one aspect of it. The second aspect is the fear of actually failing if you try and how, that, how people are gonna perceive that. And I think we're improving on that, especially with the, you know, Bahrain startup ecosystem and kind of this kind of education that's going on, and and you know, sometimes kind of looking at failure as a as a learning. And there's this stigma to of failure that's kind of prevalent, especially yeah. in the older generation, uh, where where you know, you know, I take someone like my father. If he looks at someone and and the person fails, he's like, ah, oh, miskeen, rather than uh, Misguiding. Sorry. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Rather mm. than uh, uh, oh wow, he felt okay. Did he learn something? What did he do next? He went through this experience and so forth. And that's something that's actually uh, changing uh, with kind of the newer generation. Uh, and we all try to kind of add to that change. At the same time, the government is doing their part, uh, where where they can they do what they can with legislation. Uh, the recent legislation, for example, of making uh, single-person companies a limited liability company—it's nice. part of kind of separating your identity from your company, and not fearing that that if your company fails, it means you're a failure. If your company owes, it means you owe. Nice. So that separation through legislation is a part of actually encouraging entrepreneurs to to take risks, yes, strategically, but not kind of crazy risks, but <laughs> at least kind of push them forward yeah. and say, look, give it a try. Yeah. You know. So legislation is helping with that. The startup ecosystem uh, and every time uh, i'm sitting down with with some startup or another and and they talk to me about you know know, the negative part of kind of the startup journey i always remind them uh, that uh, that you are becoming a different person you are learning things that you would not have before you are improving uh, kind of your your kind of knowledge of how to do things. And t- don't take that for granted. Don't take this kind of bump in the road for granted because now uh, one day you will look back and say, look, look at the things I learned and your next kind of project would kind of, you know, uh, you learn from that and so forth. So yeah, stigma of failure is something that we struggle with uh, in, in the industry. Specifically in their culture. culture, it's, it's a bit higher on average than kind of the Western culture. Uh, But it's something that we're all overcoming. And I try to do my best to kind of explain that, uh, you know, what you see on social media, what you see in the news is the 1%. Uh, This startup raised 20 million. This guy, he made it and so forth. You don't see their struggles and you don't see the struggles of the other 95%. You know? I know I know a person who, who who failed in three or four startups and succeeded on the last one. He doesn't talk about his failures. Yeah. But everybody remembers him for his successes only. But that success wouldn't have been possible without the series of failures, without the learning experiences yeah. in life. So that's my thought on on failure. It's a stigma that we want to get rid of. Uh, it's something that everybody should be open about. True. And I try to be open about it as much as I can as well. Beautiful man. about my mistakes.
0: I feel like um, you know, like these are like paving the path for us, like who are coming next. That's why, like, I loved that you mentioned in regarding to breaking the stigma, because let's say if I got to see Hamad and um, what he's done, I will be able to reach out to him. And this is where the point that people don't realize, you know, if I get to, I'm able to relate to you as a, a person that went through these challenges and he made it, To be honest, it will be more appealing for me to come to you and learn from you. And that gives me the possibility of having someone to guide me through it, instead of considering it a shame and hiding it. You get my point.
1: Yeah, this uh, considering the shame that's uh, got, maybe 30 years ago, yes. But (laughs) now, definitely, definitely. Uh, We all, nobody's perfect, you know. I make this joke uh, when I give some of my sessions. I say that uh, 15 years ago, when I kind of started my career, I thought I knew everything. I was so confident. I came back and I was pumped up, you know. And then 10 years ago, I said the same thing. Yeah, I know everything now. <laughs> Before I didn't know, but now I know everything. Yeah. <laughs> and then five years later, I say the same thing. And today I've gotten to a point where I'm pretty sure I don't know everything for sure. Every day is a learning experience. Yeah. You know what I mean? Every day is a learning experience. I know today that I know some stuff I can't I can't fathom. Yes. So definitely this is something I always mention. Uh, so no matter, you know, I, I say it because no matter, you know, uh, some kind of startups have many mentors and sometimes the mentors give different advice, you know, and sometimes their advice contradicts with my advice sure. for some reason. And my answer to that is Take the advice of everybody But then you'll have to make a decision on your own Yeah,
0: don't be influenced
1: yeah. I'm not telling you to listen to my advice yeah. I'm saying take it in And then really you need to make a decision for yourself
0: Beautiful Who Hamid, Who is Hamad today?
1: Today, today, who is Hamad today? Today is Hamad Hamad is I would say Um uh, a person who wants a Bahraini, first and foremost, who who wants the best uh, for uh, for his country, uh, for the startup ecosystem. I understand kind of the uh, that the future leaders are going to be the people who take risks today. And I always make a joke. I say, I always tell um, I tell my friends that you know I want to do another startup. I have so many ideas, right? But I can't do everything. You know, mm-hmm. there's so many ideas and you can not do everything yourself. And I want to kind of be involved. I want to help. I want to be part of it. And sometimes, you know, after some of the sessions, I think you remember, uh, I say, let's take a group photo. And what's my reason for that?
0: Keep a memory of it.
1: Keep a memory. But what else? Because if you guys make it one day,
0: oh yeah (laughs) remember
1: that yeah i'm pretty sure you know at least at least you're gonna make it one day you can say look hamad was part of my journey yeah and that means a lot to me it means a lot to me and uh, i'll tell you why i kind of spend my time and i I kind of dedicate uh, i dedicate around i don't know 16 hours a week outside of my work 16 or more now depends uh, to sit down on one-on-ones with, with, with startups, talking about kind of their journey, kind of planning it with them. And I, and I get excited with them when they're excited. Yeah. And when they're upset, I get upset and try to kind of put them up. So there's this kind of empathetic kind of reaction. And and many of them come to me and say, Hamid, uh, you know, what can I do? Thank you so much for, for kind of being with me. And, you know, I told you this before, when I go to bed at night, it's that thank you yeah. that makes me so happy. I know it's a bit corny, but it's that thank you. That's all I want. The thank you, Hamid, for kind of, Hamid, you, you changed my Hamid, you made me open my eyes to something. It means a lot to me. So yeah. that thank you alone is kind of what I, what keeps me going, I would guess. Aside from that, and that's that's kind of what I do with passion. Mm-hmm. Aside from that, I. Uh, I run a company that, uh, that works with investors uh, who are interested in investing in the GCC region. So we brought uh, several projects, millions, uh, bringing kind of investments to the region. Yeah. Part of kind of improving, uh, you know, the, the incoming investment in the region, specifically Bahrain, it's my country. So we look at kind of uh, at one point before kind of uh, the COVID-19, we came for real estate to kind of see projects that were being done. Uh, I've met a lot of investors as well who are interested in the technology space yeah. of Bahrain. Uh, we're still on the lookout for kind of companies that are uh, growing, getting to a phase of growth and revenue, and who knows, maybe we, maybe we can uh, we can bring these investors to invest as well. So that's what I do, kind of uh, work related, uh, working with investors around the world.
0: Beautiful man. Um, finally, your key messages to the gentlemen out there in regarding to life in regarding to businesses and in general you know um anything that you would love to say to um to them in regarding to encourage them to do better
1: that was a key message well i mean i've said i I think a lot uh in our talk uh, today but yeah don't don't fear failure embrace it as kind of a Putting an extra brick on the wall that defines yourself. Every kind of failure, everything you learn, uh, enjoy the journey. Is something that took me a while to realize. Rather than than the accomplishments, because the journey means a lot. And um, and there are a lot of people, a lot of people, and including the government of Bahrain and the, and the governments in the in the in the Arab region generally, who are encouraging. You know, back back when I started my my startup, there was no uh, as much kind support. of you know s- uh, you know funding or kind of events for startups. Mentors didn't make sense at that time. So so having that kind of that Opinous. that support today is something that kind of needs to will push you and it should push you. Take advantage of it as well, and uh, seek out seek out people who went through it because there are going to be times. Where you might feel, what am I doing? Yeah. And it's completely normal. Yeah. And it happened to me many times. And what are you doing, Hamid?
0: Yeah, it's worth it. What worth are you it? doing?
1: <laughs> it happens. Yeah. And it's it's normal. And you, you doubt yourself. And that, I realize, is a natural kind of phenomenon. Doubting yourself. Yeah. is a natural thing that happens, especially when you're thrown yeah. into the fire. Beautiful, man. All right.
0: So, you heard it, guys. Um, thank you once again, Hamid, for being with us. And for all the... Key elements that we got out of this um, beautiful talk. I really appreciate it getting to see a little bit more to who Hamid is beside being my mentor. Um, So, thank you. Thank you for bringing back the gentle in men.
1: You're welcome.
0: Thank you for watching. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and turn on the bell notification to get our latest work.